Welcome back to the Foreign Object. I am your host, Anue Drudo, alongside my co-host, Walk with Geo. Bow, bow, bow. Yes, sir. We're back. WrestleMania. Yeah. Whoa, it happened. Whoa. WrestleMania happened. WrestleMania not only happened, it was the WWE series finale. It was the World Wrestling Federation series finale. That's it, guys. No more wrestling ever. Imagine that. Imagine there came a day that Vince was like, that's it. We're going to wrap it all up with WrestleMania. And like, that's going to be the end. Like, we're like, well, that's basically what it is every single year. But, um, to but have no, it imagine happen, just having it happen and then that's it. Like, there's no Monday Night Raw ever. Yeah, no, just, there's just that no wrestling. That, that wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. Uh, it would probably happen when he decides to sell it off and somebody takes it and then they realize. Oh, uh, I don't know how to run a 24-7 company that uh, is on the road 300 days a year. Let me fucking just end it now. Yeah, uh, I don't think it would happen. Um, he has been very vocal about being willing to sell uh, the WWE. Triple to, H to will not, probably buy no, it. To not triple H, like to a big company. Oh, that would suck. Yeah. I think that'd be the worst thing to happen to the company. I mean, like, right now, like, you don't think he's fucking drooling over how many people are, are bidding for his pay-per-view rights? Just a few years ago, there's, like, rumors that maybe, like, this year or last year, Amazon wanted to buy their library. That's insane. You don't really think... But ownership really think is the Vince, best thing. You don't think to, like, Kennedy have. McMahon would be like, you know what? Yeah, let me just sell it. Possibly, but it, that way, when I die, Shane doesn't have any stake in it. There you go. That'd be That's terrible. Reason. But um, what a way to just get off track r- right at the beginning of the podcast. If it doesn't happen at the beginning, it happens uh in the middle, and we never get back on track. So it's good that we yeah, get that's it true. out of the way at the beginning. Yeah. So WrestleMania happened um both Saturday and Sunday because it was just too big for one night. Too big for a audience as well. They would have all passed out out of uh sheer awesomeness yeah um that was so gross maybe i don't know but yeah man it it didn't feel it felt different it didn't feel like mania but it didn't feel like raw or smackdown it didn't feel like a regular show but i'll tell you what it felt like what felt like um roadblock end of the line because <laughs> just it just feels like it doesn't matter, but it kind of does. But does it? I think it mattered in that moment. Um, of I think out of everything that that people have been saying about taking your mind off what's going on in the world with uh, whatever you want to call it, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, it's whatever you want to call it. Um, I think WrestleMania was the one thing that actually had me focused and actually watching i think a big part of it was also just um i think this is no i don't know so i think because there was no one in in the crowd there was no audience it uh social media was a lot more active um and a lot more wild yeah it it was crazy so i think it was that kind of just took your mind off everything else and so did the show the show is really good um i think a lot of people there's some people that really didn't that i don't know if they really didn't like it genuinely or if they just are those people that shit on everything that wwe does and at this point i think you can't shit on on the product they're giving us they're working with the best that they can. Yeah. So. Uh, I feel like right now when there's no audience, it's so much easier to form your own opinion about the show. Oh, yeah. And, and, and those people who came out of WrestleMania and saying it was shit or whatever, they were going into it already ready to talk shit about it. Yeah, saying and, that and, it's a shit show. And they wanted it to be bad. And it wasn't bad. Oh, no. But it wasn't over-the-top amazing either. Right. I think yeah. it was It was good. It was a good mania. and. People are gonna say like it was the worst. Probably be like, "Oh, that was the worst main." No, I don't. Th- I don't think it's. I watch think- WrestleMania twenty-seven or ten or uh, not ten nine or. Uh, yeah, you've watched every WrestleMania. I watched recently, every WrestleMania so. a year ago. Yeah, I a year watched ago. every single Mania. 
So, I mean, it was cool. I think the the part that sucked the most was just there was moments that that happened that would have been amazing with a crowd, with an audience. Right. You know, a lot of uh, like, would this be the same? If, yeah, if there was an audience, yeah, like exactly. a lot of that going on. Yeah, I mean, I think the entire Edge match would have been different. Oh, of course, because you don't take that whole match into a backstage area when you have a stadium full of uh, fans just wanting to watch Edge wrestle. I mean, so that entire match is different from what they would have done. Um, I mean, you have, but you you also have moments that were amazing that only happened because there was no crowd like uh Kevin Owens jumping off the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. Which that match was my favorite match of the of night 1 of no uh, the entire both thing. Nights. Yeah. Okay. If we're talking pure like wrestling perspective? Yeah. That was my favorite match. Um just I just knew those guys were going to kill it and and I liked that the the whole thing where uh Seth got uh, DQ'd and then they restarted the match again as a no disqualification because it 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 made that second part a little bit more exciting and just kind of brought a whole different dynamic to that match. It kind of felt more interesting, like they're creating more story as the match is happening. Yeah, um, building the characters. We know yeah. Kevin as a character who's all like, you know, be a man. Yeah, when he's babyface. Be a man, fight me. I, I think Let's regardless, not have anything in the way between us. I think it even when he's heel, he kind of has a, like a like a like that characteristic still applies because he is the whole like fight for his family type of thing in his character. Yeah, fight so, Owens, fight is yeah. Really, so yeah. he's he he does have like that cowardly character that a heel should have, but when it's time to fight he's going to do what he has to do to just destroy his opponent. So I think that's exactly that kind of um, translate into both his, what he's doing babyface right now and what he does heal. So, but yeah, him jumping off the WrestleMania sign was cool. And the whole, both nights I was just thinking like, all right, who's going to go through the WrestleMania sign? Cause that would be lit. But yeah, it never um, I don't know why you would think anybody would go through the WrestleMania sign, um, because that's one of those wild predictions that I throw out there, so that when <laughs> it does happen, it feels like I know wrestling, but it didn't happen. Right. It's like uh, when you just randomly go, "Oh, this person's gonna return," yeah, and, and then it it's like a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah. So that was lit. What was your favorite match of Mania? Um. Man, um, that was really good as well. I don't know. I don't know if any of the other matches were really like outstanding wrestling. I think every single match was great storytelling. Yeah, I think Kevin and and Seth were pretty much um the best uh wrestling wise. Yeah, uh, but I enjoyed you know the ladder match a lot. Oh yeah, the ladder match um, was really good. Had an amazing finish. I don't think I I could have never in a million years like thought of that finish where they're all fighting for the titles. They have all got a, gr- a grasp on it, and they knock <laughs> uh, Morrison off, and he just so happens to be holding both the belts and comes. And out. it's a pretty fresh fresh finish, something we haven't seen before. Yeah, I feel like they've been doing that a lot lately. That um like they're introducing new finishes that haven't been done before, especially with stipulation matches. Um, cause it's just so easy to just fucking climb the ladder and grab it. Like, yeah, that's just such an easy, boring and I feel ending like they, to a match. I feel like they do it a lot with the women, and th- since they started putting the women in a lot of the stipulation matches that they didn't do before, they it kind of got their creativity going and thinking of new ways to finish certain matches, and that kind of got the creativity going for the men as well of yeah. how to finish matches differently because wrestling has been going on so long that it feels like there's nothing new, but something like that, that's small. It just kind of changed like the whole, like, okay, now where do we go from here? Because that almost feels like, okay, that story's not closed. There's right. Yeah. It, it, there's going to be heat between the new day and the Usos like 
well, why would you let him take him down? Well, why yeah. would you? You know, it's your fault. And, yeah, exactly. And then you get Morrison and Miz, you know, still the champions, obviously. Which Morrison's the first person ever in the World Wrestling Federation to win a tag team title or to win the tag team titles by himself as yeah. a single person. So that's tight. Is that the first time we've seen something like that where tag titles are defended in a um, singles type I think of so, match? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's the first person to ever win oh, yeah, a match so, yeah, like that. So. Yeah, it was the first time. Because there's been handicap matches. There's like been that. handicap matches, but uh, those single person never wins. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. So yeah, that match was really good. Um, I really liked. I also liked Alexa. Um, Alexa, Nikki Cross, and the uh, what is it? Kabuki, Kabuki Warriors. Kabuki Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, that match was good. A lot of people were kind of hating on that match, and I didn't understand why. Um, I think it was good. I I didn't see any reason for people. Yeah, me either. Disliking I think it. it was a really good put together match. Carrie Sane and Oscar don't give a fuck if there's nobody in the crowd. Yeah, uh, they're gonna work like there's and Nikki Cross as well. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, we know the like stomping of the steps is something you get to work the crowd and to get yeah. the crowd excited and start clapping for your tag team partner to make that hot tag. When there's nobody there, there's no reason to do it, but she still does it. Uh, so yeah. I th- I think the uh, those four killed it. I think, um, I feel like this was like the first time in a while where I've watched a uh, Alexa Bliss match and I was like, oh shit, like that she's going off. Like, yeah, that's probably just really because well. she's dealt with so many injuries and every single time she comes back, it's like being careful but she's yeah, been back she for a like while she's, she's been sitting at a good spot um so yeah that was that was a good match as well and i don't understand you know why people didn't care for it yeah um that match was good the tag team the raw tag team titles was also a good match i enjoyed um bianca belair came out Yep. And then she debuted the next day on Raw. Did she? Okay, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, so we didn't watch. Okay, cool. I, I don't, you didn't watch Raw after I Mania. I just saw clips. I didn't watch Raw after Mania, but I did see that she debuted on Raw. And from what I read, I think some superstars had been have been moved from SmackDown to Raw. So I'm ex- I'm guessing that we should expect some superstars from from Raw go to SmackDown. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, what other matches? Edge. So I or, thought I thought with Edge and Randy, with what they had, you know, you book a last man standing match before all this stuff happens, before you know you're going to be wrestling in the performance center. So they yeah. can't just pull back that stipulation. But I think with what they had, they had a really good uh, match. Yeah, and and not only that, I think they made good use of the performance center. Right. Uh, there's like a lot of that building that we haven't seen that they kind of just went throughout the building and uh did their thing um would i have preferred like a wrestling match from them probably right yeah because um, edge's return singles yeah. match but i'm not mad at it you know um watching edge you know do some things that we never thought we'd see him or i mean just watching him in a yeah, match watching him wrestle all, period is, like, is something we never crazy. thought would happen again yeah and then like watching the 24 that was after mania and like just kind of putting all that together is crazy to think about and like it, it was like literally an accident that that he realized he could wrestle again yeah he literally fell off his bike and <laughs> felt fine and, and that's like, the only reason why i can probably uh, take bumps now <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is so fucking crazy that because, I mean, he really did, like he said in the documentary, he cut himself off from wrestling and, and, yeah. you know, you know, there's interviews two, three years after he retired where he was straight up like, I don't watch the product. Yeah. Um, and then that just shifting to him getting back into it and then all of a sudden like being able to work, like. Yeah. That's weird. Not only that, he didn't look like um he hadn't been working. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, even though we well, yeah, saw I him mean, in 24, he training, had been training. Whatnot. But still, I mean, you see a lot of guys do that, like go into training and then come back and they just, it's not the same. It almost feels like Edge didn't 
ever leave. Yeah. Like he just came Which back is crazy. and just killed it. Uh, what, nine years? Yeah, nine years not wrestling. Fucking and then insane. Coming back and just going in. Um, so hopefully like once all this uh pandemic stuff is over with, we get more matches from Edge. Um who would you like it? to see him go against? Um man, I'd like to see Edge up against Owens. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Edge against um I think Edge could get a really good match out of Roman as well. Yeah. Um get some classics in there, Edge and Ray. Ooh. Throw back to the SmackDown days. Um yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's such like a Edge solid talent. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, there's just such a solid roster that we have where I'm sure he could have a great match with anybody mm. uh, on that roster, and then we'll see a clip of backstage where they're marking out because they faced fucking Edge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's great. That'd be Edge cool. versus Becky Lynch. Make that happen. That'll be a finally a Becky Lynch oh, match that'd I'll be, a, I'll be like excited a for. a long buildup to that, too, because what she said, like, long when they were in the ring together. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about him like not even being able to wrestle anymore or some some crap. Um you remember when Seth Rollins threatened to kill him, basically, when he was heel? He was like having J and J security hold him down. He was like, If John Cena doesn't come out here, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this man's life. And like he was gonna curb stomp him and people were like, What the fuck, dude? I wouldn't be surprised of him shit doing was, that. He, shit was wild. He almost ended the sting. Yikes. Uh <laughs> so. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> oh, I hate you. I hate you. I wouldn't be surprised. Um what else? What other matches? Um I mean Braun Strowman is the universal champion. There were people upset about it just cuz um but I mean they would have been upset either way if, yeah. if Goldberg kept onto it or if if Braun held it, but uh I mean, I think it was obvious that Roman would have won it. Yeah. Um. So it's to me, it's whatever. I don't really care. Uh, I'm just anticipating when they are back to the normal schedule and they can wrestle in front of an audience, whenever that is. I'm just ready for Roman versus Braun for that title. Oh yeah, because that those are going to be really good matches too. Because there was a time where they had already been, um, feuding, right, and then. And it was almost like they were feuding yeah, they were for feuding, a chance. No, no yeah, they for were the feuding uh, for the title right before Roman left. When he dropped the title because really? of the cancer. Yeah. And and so that's why Braun tweeted, I owe uh I owe you one. Mm. Because he owed so Roman Braun and Roman were supposed to have a title match, right? Or that's what they were building up to. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what, so, what was going on. So that time. Braun, I I might be making this up in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like this is accurate. So when all that happened, Braun sent him like to get well and he said, You're gonna owe me one, like a match. Mm, okay. Because he was supposed to challenge him for the title. So now that Braun has the title, he he tweeted something along that lines, like, uh, remember you owe me one or something like that? So it only makes sense. Like right. that's crazy. And even, that and even not feuding for the title, it feels like whenever they were feuding, it was to try to get a shot at the title. Yeah. Anyway, and the so. matches were good. Yeah. So it's gonna be gonna be lit unless Roman's gonna be one of those guys from SmackDown that gets sent to Raw, and then we get the amazing Drew McIntyre Roman matches. Man. Um, but yeah. But that'd be hard because then. I don't want to see Roman lose a title match or lose his opportunity for a title, like, you know, losing a match where he's challenging for the title. And I don't want to see Drew lose the title so early. So, right. Well, we don't know how long this is going to go on where, you know, yeah, he'll technically have the title for all this time. Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, might as well talk about Drew's match. Right. Um, Which I read something yesterday that, like genuinely gave me goosebumps and I was like that's fucking crazy to look at what happened at Mania where Drew was talking about how uh Brock was working with the 3MB just throwing them around 
Yeah. And backstage, Brock said, so McIntyre, what are you doing doing this? You know, like thinking That's in crazy. his mind, you should be somewhere else, not, you know, in this spot yeah. on the roster. And That's then to crazy. think WrestleMania, how that match went down. I mean, there's only th- uh, two moves that were used in the match. Three moves yeah. that were used. F5, Suplex, and the Claymore. Yeah. But. That's insane. It felt. I don't know. To me, it felt like, uh, why would they do anything else? Yeah. You don't need like a 15, 30 minute classic from them. No. Especially after what we saw, you know, Roy Rumble. Especially without an audience. Right. Drew Mack eliminating him though. And so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing about like what he said in, in like the Chronicle where you know, he sees these guys going after uh, Brock. He thinks to himself, like, I'm not the same, though. You know, Brock's yeah. never seen something like me. So it's interesting that you say that Brock said that to him during those times when he was in 3MB. Um, because that Drew McIntyre doesn't look like current Drew McIntyre. No. So that no. means that for some reason, Brock saw something in him just as Vince did before. He, yeah, because even 2011 Drew Mac doesn't look like the Drew Mac now. Like, yeah, because Drew McIntyre right now is like jacked. Yeah, and like, I don't know. It you, like you look at Drew McIntyre now, and you're it's obvious that he should be a top guy. In those times, me personally, if I look at him, I'm like, right. In like 2011, when when Vince says he reminds me a lot of myself, he's a future world champion. Yeah, Drew McIntyre, <laughs> and we're all like, like what the hell? <laughs> what are you talking like, about? Okay. Yeah, so that's crazy. It is. Um but man, like that those that's one of those moments where like Drew deserved that moment in front of an audience. He really yeah. did. Yeah. Uh the chosen one, the uh the prophecy coming true. Yeah. How big of a you think that when WWE does start doing shows um with an audience do you think that like the pops are going to be crazy because because wrestling Man, hasn't yeah, been the absolutely. same? I mean, even absolutely. though say you watch it weekly, right? But that first audience that goes is going to be the first audience to be heard on television. Yeah. So you're going to get kind of a reaction of what people have been thinking for the last however long it is till we get back. I think you know because when you're at live. Mm-hmm. You got one of the announcers or the commentators or whatever. They're on the mic and they're like, all right, get ready. We're going to be live on the USA Network in, in yeah. one minute. And then so people are getting pumped yeah. already. Like they're feeling adrenaline. They're like, oh, I'm going to be on fucking TV. Hell yeah. Yeah. Not only that, they're going to be the first they're gonna be, to be on yeah, TV. Yeah. So that's that's already something that they establish at every show. And then they're like, we're going to be on USA in five minutes. Let me hear you for Monday Night Raw yeah, or whatever, five seconds or whatever. So that's already like they're, they're always hyping their crowd. But I could imagine already like, welcome back to Monday Night Raw. And then it's going to fucking explode. Like the yeah, building's just going to. pyro. Yeah. And then when that pyro is done, you hear them bagpipes play. <laughs> exactly. And our... Our champion, Drew McIntyre, right. just walks down that ramp and it's, gets to cut the first promo in front of a crowd. It's going to be gonna fucking be insane. crazy, and I'm sure that's going to be such a moment. Like That's going to be a WrestleMania-esque moment for so many of the superstars and yeah. for the audience. Like To be a part of that is going to be crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost going to feel, I feel like, a reset for everyone where it's like, okay, everything we've been doing for so long consistently... You, you start to underappreciate things. So once it becomes a norm, it's not the same. But not really because, I mean, for a lot of people that go, it might be their first time, second time, yeah. and they don't do it often. But I think, I don't know, something about it is just going to be fresh again. Like, it's going to be like it's new. So it's going to be insane. Um, What else? What else? How about uh, you're just not going to blow over the fact that Drew McIntyre winning the title was so personal for you, and it really hit you in the heart. Yeah, he reached out to that crowd. 
<laughs> you reached back. <laughs> yeah, I did. Or you reached out of the camera, I mean. He, ra- he reached, reached out to the camera, and I actually put my hand out and, and reached back. That's and wrestling, went. folks, is emotion. And he said, he said and, uh, thank you. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> it, was, it was a uh, quite the moment. I don't know what it is about Brock Lesnar matches, but any time that they kind of tease that the other person gets <laughs> offense on, my heart just starts racing. Like... And as soon as Brock hits his first F5, you're like, fuck this shit. This is bullshit. Yeah. Every single time. And it's There's like. There's literally uh, three repetitive things that happen. <laughs> every Brock Lesnar match that I watch. The opponent gets uh, offense in. My heart starts beating at a rate that's not even probably countable. Right. Brock Lesnar hits an F5. I say this is fucking bullshit. It keeps on going. I keep saying, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Brock Lesnar wins, and I'm disappointed. Pretty much. This is the yeah. one time that didn't happen. Or no, This is the second time, because, I mean, when Kofi won. Wait, Kofi won the title from... No, Kofi won the title from... Um, Daniel. Daniel. Okay, no. So, I'm tripping. There you go. Two Seth, years in a row, Seth though. Two Seth years won. in a row, Kofi and Drew McIntyre win championships on a story that's lasted, like, a decade. Yeah. That's amazing. Not so long for uh, Drew Mac, but almost. Yeah, but that that's that's insane still. Uh huh. That's crazy. Two years in a row, and they say, and they have the fucking audacity to say that the World Wrestling Federation's Kennedy McMahon does not care about his audience. That he's washed. I think also I think something that connects to the two years in a row something like that has happened. I think we're we're starting to see a lot of the superstar. There's very few superstars that are still working that have been around long enough that they've worked for it and they deserve it, right? So yeah. they're given they're not given but they've earned those opportunities. And other than them, there's nothing but fresh people, right? There's very few people left that have been around that long. So it's like, okay, now those people earn their opportunity. And that's why those moments feel good, right? Yeah. Because it, it feels different to have like a Seth Rollins win the world title who, yeah, you know, as the Shield was probably two, three years in mm-hmm. the WWE before he yeah. wins or be, on the main roster, at least before he wins the world title. Mm-hmm. That feels so much different than Kofi Kingston, who and it still it took feels good because years. Yeah, it still, and feels, it still good. feels good yeah. because. As a fan, you've watched specific wrestlers work so hard to get where they're at. Yeah. And that feels good. But it also feels good to see Kofi Kingston that's been working for 10 years yeah. and finally gets that Right. That Drew Mack, who was told nine years ago, yeah. he's the chosen one. You uh-huh. know, both of those feel so much different than, you know, yeah, Kevin Owens winning the Universal title. Yeah. Even though that feels good, and we know why it feels good, because he has this history and... and and whatnot in wrestling. Yeah. It doesn't feel the same as someone who has been on WWE television that long. Yeah. And and but that's the thing. So that I feel like ten years from now, there's gonna be someone that is gonna have that Kofi moment, that's gonna yeah. have that Drew McIntyre moment. I mean, a lot of people right now are like, Oh, how come Sami Zayn hasn't right. held the world title? Which when Sami Zayn we won the IC to... title, yeah. That was a huge moment too. Yeah. And we might have to wait ten years for him to do it. Right? right, because yeah. it's gonna feel that much better. So, I don't know. That's gonna be cool. Um, someone that won the title this weekend that didn't feel so good, Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand why you read the tweet where it was like they wouldn't change the face of their company, you know, during all of this. But both world titles switched hands. But both world titles were on part timers. I feel like that's the big. I don't think that matters. And no, it's like, that doesn't uh, that doesn't matter to me because now everybody's basically a part timer. True, but nobody's showing up. Imagine week after being week a right double now. double part timer. It's a fucking a fourth timer. Yeah. So an eighth timer. I don't know. Yeah. It it that is not a valid excuse for me. The whole yeah. uh, you can't take the title off the off the off the face of the company. Blah 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 or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know if that was the plan the whole time, that she was going to retain regardless of 
what's going on or not. Um. So yeah, someone who didn't retain their title, Ray Ripley. Yeah, which is interesting. The Royal Rumble winner Charlotte Flair. Two yeah. Time. So does that mean Charlotte Flair? Charlotte Flair has is said going to be that she's defending superstar. the title on all three brands. Ooh. Which okay, you might like it. I don't. Because you're taking a title away from NXT. Yeah. Away from a NXT superstar so that she could go around on every brand. Why? Why not just have her sit at NXT with the fucking title? We're going to go. I don't know. You know, maybe one That's week true. she just won't show up to NXT because she's on SmackDown that week. And it, and it doesn't feel like like that shouldn't happen. That doesn't make sense. That makes sense. That's a good reason to not like it. Because if you have to, if that's what's going to happen, you know, it, that could have been lost in translation. And she was just talking about how does she want she would, would like to do that. Maybe. Yeah. But if that were to happen, you're going to have these women on NXT who now they're not getting TV time because they should be in the world title picture. What about the idea titles, that, you know, somewhere else? What about this? What if Bianca Belair didn't debut on Raw? Like she's not a Raw superstar. She was just on Raw. Mm hmm. And that leads to Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair for the title. Bianca wins the title and then takes it back to NXT, where it belonged the whole that time. That work. But, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That I feel like that kind of having an opinion on, on that whole, this whole Charlotte Flair being the NXT champion thing is going to have to take time to realize, like, to find out where it's going like what's what's yeah. happening like is she yeah. gonna be an nxt superstar or not it it's we had to get more information to really form a full opinion on it i guess i think the important part is that her winning the nxt championship should just open uh potential matches in nxt yeah her defending on raw and smackdown is there's not gonna be any new matches it's just gonna be for a new title what if she's going to be facing the same people that she has been before instead of staying NXT full time, facing people like Io Shirai, Bianca Belair. Yeah. You know, uh, Candice LeRae. What if it's a tra transitional championship for her to defend it against someone? Like I said, with Bianca Belair, like defend it against someone that they want to get back to NXT, but they're, they're trying to do it in like some type of creative way where they they win the title on a different show and then take it because then there's the whole idea of like business wise they probably want to get more viewers for NXT and that's the way they're trying to do it. Maybe, but I feel like just saying, "Hey, I'm Charlotte Flair and I won the NXT title. Fuck you, Raw. I'm going to NXT. Like yeah. that should be enough to get viewers yeah, to your true. show. You know? Yeah. Her her being on Raw and SmackDown, if that was were to happen. To me, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to watch NXT because she's showing up on these other shows, too. So I'll watch one of those if I want to see her. True. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, Bailey retained her title in a match that was... I feel like that match... I felt like that match was good. I liked it. Um, It was I okay. The, I think all the women killed it. You know what match? <laughs> you know what match we haven't talked about that was really good? Cesaro versus Gulak. Right, that yeah, match yeah. was amazing. I mean, it was on the pre-show and it was not, really good. Not only that, the commentary on it was amazing, even though it was done post-production. It was recorded and there, later. There you go. Michael Cole was named after Mania the vice president of announcing, and everybody was fucking talking shit about how it's a fake title. First of all, the 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 WWE title is a fake title. The Universal title, <laughs> all the titles is a fake, fake title. <laughs> Every single title is a fake title. Right. This yeah. is a. This is. Something that Michael Cole, I think, deserves. And it was essentially them just creating a position for something that he's already been doing for a long time now, which is overseeing the entirety of every announced team in the WWE. Yeah. And he fucking deserves it. I'm a Michael Cole stan account now. Number one Cole Miner. All right. Yeah. He killed it on commentary <laughs> all night, whether it was, you know, done in post like that match. Yeah. And it was great. Or if it was while he was sitting there at ringside because 
fucking Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton would just be silent for five minutes. And yeah, that's that not, was definitely that's too fucking too horrible silence for a time yeah. when there's nobody in the crowd. You need somebody to just be feeding yeah, information on commentary to fill in the silence. Yeah, I mean, and those- the only person that did a good job at that and an an amazing job at that was Michael Cole and JBL, JBL and there. JBL, right? But if JBL was any with anybody else. He would have oh, yeah. had, had no, that direction Michael to be Cole, able to do that. If Michael Cole was alone, he would have been. I think he would have been able to commentate the whole show. Yeah, and I mean, he did the Drew Gulak uh, Cesaro match. Yeah, lot, so I mean, part of Why me not? wishes that the whole show was post post production commentary studio right. um, recorded because hearing matches called like that that brought like a whole different. Uh, dynamic to it so and, and we know michael cole could call matches because he did the first nxt uh uk uh takeover tournament or tournament yeah, yeah. and he and was everybody, going everybody wanted to act to act like fucking it, like it was a, a surprise that he was good listen up fuckers the only reason you don't like michael cole is because once in 2011 he played a fucking heel and you can't get over it because that's how fucking good of a heel he was <laughs> Number one, Cole Miner. Oh man, yeah, Michael Cole's good. I like, him. <laughs> um, so what else is there to talk about before we get to the? I think what the what, highlight over what the everybody's weekend. talking about. Yeah, still. Yeah, is there anything else that um, we're missing out? I don't want to like disrespect anyone, you know. Nothing important. You had Alliance versus Baron Corbin. You had a Bobby Lashley versus Alistair Black, which you know both those matches were whatever they they happened. What whatever. Yeah, Gronkowski. A lot of people don't like Gronkowski. I, I think don't he's like really Gronk. good. I think he's. I don't like him. I think he's gonna fit in perfect. I think it's gonna get. It's gonna take some time to get used to. Just like when Miz debuted and nobody liked him. Um, and and I think Gronk brings a certain type of confidence that no one's really ever brought that's not part of the wrestling industry um i don't know man just like him having a mic and just him being the quote-unquote host of wrestlemania which i feel like you want to talk about made-up titles right yeah that that is literally there's a host of wrestlemania we've seen in the past many of them they don't do anything yeah they just show up on 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 the fucking camera Host, on the screen to me, for a, host, a couple minutes and then that's it to me a host would have been like if if there was no matches for the for the whole show and he just comes out and tells you like guess what match we're having right now to start the show boom 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 these people versus these people like that sounds like a host right like you're gonna yeah do things that affect the show this guy literally welcomed us to wrestlemania and want to 24 7 title cheered for certain people i don't remember uh daniel, daniel Bryan, Bryan. Yeah. yeah and like it didn't i don't know hosts for years i think the best host but there's another thing where you're like well how different would this be if if they're in tampa bay and if they're yeah. at the stadium like how, tom brady would have been there right next to him <laughs> yeah, maybe he would have yeah it's possible that they, that they would have done that yeah. that would have been a whole thing and, and that oh been. my god I love when WrestleMania gets covered by ESPN because <laughs> yeah. that's what would have happened. Yeah. The, because, look, and knowing fucking WWE, they do things so st- st- strategic. I can't speak. I'm because sorry. Because Kennedy McMahon is a genius. Yeah. To get, like, mainstream, to get a look at them. So by saying, hey, Gronk, you think you could call Tom Brady now that he's going to play in Tampa? and we're doing this in Tampa, and you think you could call him to have him be here, and the everybody in the world will look at us and be like, hey, look, Tom Brady I think is just in when, Tampa. When they already. announced that he signed, like they already had, everybody had eyes on the WWE because of that. Yeah. Like when Gronk signed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And he fucking made his entrance on SmackDown. Every the vi- fucking yeah, the video went viral. It went viral. Everybody was talking about it. People who have never even watched wrestling in their life were like, "This guy's insane. He's crazy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like everybody. That's why I like Gronk being a part. I think I think a lot of wrestling fans need to get over the idea of people like outsiders coming in 
not only out, I feel like they just needed like accept people coming in, right? Before they completely just shut things down. A lot of people just don't want him to be a part of it for no reason, right? Me, actually. Exactly. And I'm willing to admit that. And being able to see But it's like, because we've seen so much of that happen where in the back of your mind you're like, why is this person on TV when someone who's been training for this their whole life isn't? Yeah, and the obvious reason is because they could probably be a draw and Mojo Raleigh isn't. They just well, of course, friends. Mojo Raleigh isn't, but, you know, a Titus O'Neil deserves time. Where, Like, if Titus O'Neil yeah. was the host of the whole show, that would have been fine for me. And yeah. it probably would have been a lot better. Maybe. Than fucking but. Gronk and, and Mojo cheering on the fucking whatever that is, balcony thing. By the way, how quick for Mojo to turn on him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even a fucking month. But that's entertaining, right? So then Gronk has already provided value. I don't know. I don't know. To me, that's the way I look at it. I'm pretty open to anything except for like AEW. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fucking asshole. (laughs) I'm pretty much open to everything in wrestling except for AEW and fucking fucking penis parties. Jeff Jarrett. uh, The guy is starting to grow on me a little bit. Oh. Now that as a person, because yeah, Jeff as a Jared backstage in the, in guy, Jeff Jarrett in the Edge doc, like that's funny stuff. Yeah, but Jeff Jarrett coming out with his fucking—I don't even know what that is. It's not a shirt. It's like He's wearing uh, some shit. I don't. He know. got it half off. That's why <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Oh man, yeah, I don't Jeff know. Jarrett, baby, J E double F J A double R E double T. That's Jeff Jarrett, double J. Um. How do we always end up talking about Jeff Jarrett, though? Because that's what he wants us to do. <laughs> so he's already won. He's, Did you know uh, when his contract was ending, he was still IC champ? And for some reason, someone didn't even realize his contract was expiring. <laughs> so insane. he was like, uh, hey, Vince, if you give me this disgustingly huge check, I'll drop the title uh, at the pay-per-view when my contract expires. Interesting. And so... Vincent Kennedy McMahon gave him the fattest check. He did the job. It's a scam, bro. They He's, didn't Jeff work. Jared is they a did scammer. not work together until um he was in the Hall of Fame. And a now huge I scammer. now I realize the fucking importance of of <laughs> Vincent Kennedy McMahon. After tonight, he'll be double G, double O, double N, <laughs> double E. I mean, the man <laughs> with the fucking defended titles from different companies. He, this man literally was still a fucking 80s gimmick defending the NWA title on WWF television. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, what? This man always wanted to put himself over. It's ridiculous. So funny, dude. It's so fucking funny. It's a scam. He's a scam artist. Jeff Jarrett is a scam artist, okay? Um, Back to Mania. I mean, do we talk about it now? The the yeah, I mean, the boneyard um, match. Yeah, let's just fucking go into it. Uh, the, the main event, the main event of the, night one, the the first series finale. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what it felt like. Series finale part one. Um, just fucking hand Kennedy McMahon his Oscar right now. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Just just give it to him. Who yeah. cares? I off the top, I felt like a lot of people were ribbing me. Saying that it was good, I thought it was fun. I no, really yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, was, it, it was but fun. I didn't think everybody else did. I thought everybody was like really like just they they're like trolling, like saying it ironically. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Until they were still talking about it the next day, and I was yeah. like, wait, people enjoyed it. Like people enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, it was, it was a uh, good little. Yeah, because I mean, I don't want to see AJ fun. Styles and The Undertaker in the ring and, no, and sit there and be not, like, oh, they're going to put on a clinic. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, especially when kidding? there's nobody there. Like, yeah, I mean, the, there's no re- like, the Taker entrance wouldn't feel the same. It, I mean, it was just. I mean, there's great. no. They really adapted this whole story, I feel like, because there's no Dead Man Undertaker without an audience. Yeah, no. Because then it's just a guy that we know. It's a cosplay. We, yeah, we know he's cosplaying. Yeah. You know, he's no not, longer kayfabe. He's yeah. on Instagram taking selfies. Like, we know that 
that it's just Mark Calloway dressed yeah. as the Undertaker. And it's a perfect way to like segue into the the series yeah. that they're dropping, the documentary series. All this to promote a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was fun. It opened really. I think from the beginning it opened good because it opens with the um hearse. Yeah, coming in the coffin gets pulled out, and the Undertaker music's playing, and you're yeah. like, "Oh fuck, the Undertaker gonna be fucking." But they like cut it real short, because it's there's something about timing that was so good there, where the the theme song you're expecting something to happen at a certain point of the song yeah but then it just opens and it's AJ Styles and he's like ha I'm here Undertaker where are you <laughs> yeah then his song is playing too yeah. like, and then it says so AJ funny. Styles like the font pops yeah, up and it says yeah. AJ Styles it just it was <laughs> perfectly done it was executed so well um and then Undertaker you hear the bike in the distance and Undertaker's riding the highway on the way to the boneyard um which is crazy. You ask me, I would have thought that they did this last, they filmed it last year in, or whatever year it was that they were in New Orleans um, because it looked, it had like a whole like, I don't know, New Orleans vibe to me. I don't know about you. It did feel kind of like swampy. Yeah. yeah, swamp and then like, I don't know, just nighttime, kind of like the Even Undertaker like the cemetery voodoo. they're at, like with yeah. the, like, the shed that's there, it feels very yeah. like this would be in a swampy place. Yeah. I mean, but Florida has those kind of places yeah, too. That's so. true. Um, but yeah, I mean, did that bunch of action scene type of vibes? I don't know. It just it was put together really well, and it wasn't overly cinematic. Like they didn't shoot it widescreen or anything <laughs> like that. You know, like it anything was not crazy. done on film. Yeah, no, you know, it was just digital stuff. Yeah, there's nothing over the top, but. It was over the top. Is yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it almost makes you then go into night two, and you're like, "Oh, we gotta watch a match in the in a ring." Yeah. <laughs> like what? That's fucking lame. Yeah. It was just really good, and it's it's new for it's the WWE. New, yeah, completely new territory for them. Um, but I think they they hit it out of the park lucha underground everybody wants to give credit to matthew hardy right first of yeah. all lucha underground walked so that matthew hardy could walk and the world wrestling federation could soar because they yeah. killed it they did it better than than anybody could and of course of course they did i mean yeah so part of me would argue that lucha underground did it really well um but just but I think lucha just underground after like halfway through season two just started to become a parody of itself yeah and at no point in this and the only reason i say that is because they literally filmed like a movie yeah and not the matches though the matches were i did i don't think they've ever did like a match or a fight like that but a lot of the story was filmed like that and like the backstage vignettes and stuff like that yeah but this was just totally different something very unexpected from wwe I thought it was going to be something more along the Edge and um, Randy Orton match where it was just going to be filmed in like a graveyard or something. Yeah. They're just wrestling. Right. But it was crazy, man. Um, it was the Wyatt compound thing. Part two. Yeah. The Wyatt, whatever they're called. Um, Before Mania even aired, a couple days before, people got this report that they had been filming up until four in the morning and the internet took that sentence they fucking ran with it how dare they have their fucking wrestlers all at the performance center until 4 a.m we need a fucking union which yeah we do need a they do need a wrestlers union but this is wasn't the reason why because now we know that it was the fucking boneyard match that got filmed over eight hours which eight hours to a lot of people in the united states is a normal work day yeah and it was the boneyard match they went until four in the morning not only that i think to say how dare they have their wrestlers there till four in the morning at the performance center i'm pretty sure that building was not i'm pretty sure they told people hey come in at this time we're gonna film your yeah, match most this likely time, and then you could go home yeah like there's if that was even the case, yeah. which I don't think it was. No, I think there was a misunderstanding and so. whoever's feeding Be, this information. And because, out. So the reason I don't think that would be the case is because 
it it doesn't take that long to film what they did. There was they, yeah, there's there was nowhere matches. there were just matches. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't like they would have been point. there from that from a certain yeah. time to a certain time anyways at a, at an arena. So, at no point at was there a time where you could be like, oh, they made a cut there and they probably stopped for 15 minutes and blah. blah. Like they're not gonna do that. They're not. That's not what they've ever done. Like maybe even with a 10 minute break between every single match, it's not going to go that long by yeah. any means. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. They, they're people. There's people literally... who are feeding false information to these quote unquote reporters. And then it was people taking that sentence and taking it out of contact and making their own assumption of what was happening. Yeah. Until one of the people who was actually working on the fucking Boneyard match was like, yeah, we worked eight hours until 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and they were not in the performance center one second. Not they, a they single moment. filmed from that as they were filming some other shit at the performance center. So, yeah, yeah people, are, people are ridiculous. Um, but shout out to the crew that filmed oh, that yeah. and everything and worked on it because that was awesome. And then the Firefly Funhouse, man, that shit was fucking amazing. That is a Smarks dream match oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. And everybody's going to explain it on the internet. Like, if you know, you know, you understand yeah. exactly what it was. You understand why every single thing happened. And but you, it was so good. And if you don't know, so then I'm sorry that. that then AEW really is for you. <laughs> No, I mean, if, I if you don't, don't think, know, it's because you're probably not. I don't think you need to be kayfabe only to. Um, well, no, most of have it lost is just, that match. Yeah, you know, most of like, it is just like storytelling of, of things. I don't know, but I feel like a lot of the a lot of like casuals wouldn't really. I don't think casuals process wrestling the same way. Uh, we like, process like it. Our category would process it because Maybe. we're kind of like. We spend a lot of time dissecting what things mean and like, I don't know, something, something along the lines of even something as simple as Drew McIntyre being told he was the chosen one yeah. nine years ago, 10 years ago, and then winning the championship is processed different between us than someone that's casually watching and just realizes that this guy is really good right now and should be the champion. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah. So I think. There's some deep storytelling within the Firefly Funhouse that was really good. Man, and like fucking to, a to dude, this shit down. is so insane. It it was just, and, I don't know. It was it's so funny, weird. It's funny to think back, like when John Cena was making the entrance, and you're kind of like making the comments, like, "Come on now, like, why are you acting like there's a crowd here?" Yeah, it it, it kind of goes to the whole like transition of what happens. Like, it's crazy. Like, how they transitioned into the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. And, I mean, he had to do it because he had to hit that welcome to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, which goes in. And, and what I feel like is maybe something that maybe I see and nobody else thinks it. And maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like that is also just a, like, Cena's voice getting mixed into um to Vincent McMahon's. I've been calling him Kennedy McMahon so long now. Uh, that I forgot his first name. Okay. Uh, transitioning and, and like going in and out from Vince's uh, voice saying it. It's just kind of a reflection of like not only the whole joke of like, oh, just Cena's Vince's golden boy, but also everything that Cena does and has done for the last, um, you know, 15 years has always been in hopes to be a reflection of the WWE and be a reflection of. Vince McMahon and uh, make those two entities proud, yeah, and do right by them and be you know a representation of them. Yeah, that was fucking. And and when you start there, like that, fuck the whole thing is insane. Yeah, it's just like it's it like just, a whole just, trip, bro. It's like a whole trip. John Cena Crazy. be like, my life is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yo, man. it's so funny, dude. It's yeah, but even dude. like little subtleties, like. uh like the puppet on commentary. <laughs> yeah. This is such good shit. Like, there you go. You could fucking shut up, internet. You could stop using that line against Vince because clearly he heard it and he knows that it's a thing. Yeah. And he's probably just laughing at everybody using that fucking yeah. line. Yeah. It's good shit. <laughs> it, is, it is good shit. And um, 
I just don't understand. Like, I understand being upset about one end of the product. Like, I'm mad that Becky Lynch is still woman's champion. But I don't, I don't understand taking something like that and then going, Vince McMahon is washed. He doesn't understand his audience. You know, he's he's just putting on a show for himself. <laughs> oh, and then, man. But at the same time, stuff like the Boneyard match happens and Drew Mack winning the title and Kofi winning the title and, yeah. um, and, the, and the Firefly Funhouse happening. Yeah. Like those two, that can't go exist. He can't be washed, and then and allow allow good shit to happen on his such good shit to happen on his show. Yeah. Those those two don't go together. Do yeah, I exactly. disagree at times with some of the booking decisions? Yes, of course. But does it usually in the long run? You know, something happens that unchanges that that feeling that I have. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all fucking storytelling. It's never ending. If fucking Ray, if uh, Shayna Baszler didn't win the women's championship today, we know she will one day, and that's yeah. all that matters. Exactly. Moving forward, True. I just don't get it because that fucking that shit was so good, and like a guy who's washed wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, let's put this on my biggest show of the year. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of credit to Bray Wyatt. For I feel like a lot of that is just his creativity, yeah, and being able to be like, well, this is kind of what what the fiend has been about is kind of just taking yeah. apart other people's brains and why they are the way they are, the superstars they are, and we're gonna do that with John Cena, but just on another level. Like yeah. we're gonna really break it. What down. this essentially was was an inside look to say if this was a real life scenario like the fiend is a real life monster who fights these people and that's what happens to them internally when they face him this that was just a representation basically yeah of what's been happening to everybody yeah we just got an inside glimpse of what actually happens which back back to what i i've said the firefly funhouse I don't know how Seth Rollins got there, but it's the Firefly Funhouse is is Bray Wyatt's head. Yeah. So well, yeah, that, and that's why um, it made sense for there to have been a ring, right? But everything else yeah, is it's just black, black, it's dark, and it's because that's what I kind of understood immediately was all right. This is in someone's brain, like that's someone's head, because there's nothing else in there. These are literally thoughts being shown to John Cena. Yeah. So that's why you can have wacky shit like he throws a punch and then he's gone. Yeah. He hits the chair and he's gone because it's not real. Like, obviously, wrestling's not real. But, like, what the sequence that's happening that we're seeing is not real. Yeah. It's not real life. It's him fucking with his head. Yeah. It's a mental, it's a mental match, is what someone said. And I was like, yeah, that's crazy right there, too. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, that wasn't a match. Why are you referring to a match? They're like, well, it's, you know what else is in a match? Bra and panties matches. Well, no, weren't matches. Fucking exactly. Um, uh, that one time when in WCW when they're fighting in the back of a truck that's moving down the road. That's not a match. Yeah, exactly. So, but somebody was like, Shit it, like it that. is it's a match matches. because they're mentally wrestling. Like yeah. it's a, it's a like whole psychology thing going on. So, yeah, man, that was amazing. That was crazy. Um. Yeah, but I mean, usually I would ask, well, where do you see the the storylines and everything going from here? But it's kind of hard to really tell, like, where we're headed with everything yeah. that's going on. Um, me, personally, I would like for them to just film a bunch of Firefly Funhouse episodes. <laughs> Jesus. And that'd be cool. But it's fucking evil. I feel like there's some, there's like a weird... Um, I don't know why they did it, but there is a lot of um, like sprinkles of of uh, I don't know how to describe, but it wasn't PG esque a lot of times. Like oh, like the entire show. Yeah, like Undertaker flips off uh, AJ in the match. Um, uh, Edge says something that gets bleeped out, but they're also like cursing at times that words yeah, that you can't I hear. Think, it was um, kind of weird. Um. What's his name? So Owens calls right a uh, little bitch. Seth a bitch. 
Yeah, that was just like sprinkles of like edgier content. Of attitude. Ruthless aggression, maybe? <laughs> um, I think attitude's yeah, I don't know. a little I don't know. too far to say that yeah, that's maybe. what we... But we're sitting on some ruthless aggression. Right. Which is... I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if that was just out of like desperation or or like they a feeling of necessity to do something. But I don't feel like they had to do I think it's a that. feeling of there's no crowd... So there's no kids here. But kids are still going to watch it at home. They're still going to ask. That's on their terms. Mom, why did John Cena call Bray Wyatt a slut? Yeah. Why does he blow every chance? (laughs) (laughs) That's still still a possibility of that happening. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was a little weird. Do I? I'm not complaining. It's just weird to me. Yeah. Um, Um, I disagree with you, though. I don't think they should be filming anything. I think honestly, they should just take a break and just um, podcast, podcast central, like video yeah. podcast. I mean, they can easily do a weekly show where it's Renee Young, and I said this on the last podcast. Renee Young and like Booker T and Mark Henry, who is the most wholesome and happy person in the world. Yeah, <laughs> um, and just have them sitting on their webcams. Yeah. And then be like, but that just means we have uh, backstage. Let's take you back to Raw, December twenty first, two thousand and four. I think you could do really interesting match. things. I think you could take a lot of, um, like for example, like the twenty fours. I think are pieces yeah. of content that could, no matter when you show them, they still are interesting. And then I feel like there's a lot of people that haven't watched those. So I think you could take those and air them on television. Um, you could do some, I mean, they've done it on the network. You could have like Michael Cole call a match that he's never called before. Yeah. Like they have an old match of, um, they have an old Andre Hogan match. and Andre tag team tag teaming on a baseball field in Puerto Rico. I believe it's, uh, Mick Foley and Michael Cole, I believe Calling commentating it. Yeah. And, um, that, that was kind of weird. Cause they first started commentating it as if like, Right, we're there. We gotta get in the zone, and like we're there. Yeah. And then halfway, they're like, "Well, this really was a great match." It almost reminds you of three years later. They do. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. gotta lose it, but yeah, they could do something like that where they take um, or even matches that are have commentary to like just show Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels yeah. at fourteen. There's people. Director there's people who watch wrestling right now who have never watched. Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania yeah, exactly. 14. So let them want, like, you know, put on a Raw where you yeah, just put, you know, they have this thing on the network where it's like superstar picks and you get to watch a random match that, you know, Drew Max says or Alexa Bliss says or Sasha. Like, just do that. Like, do uh, superstar picks Monday Night Raw or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's five superstars picking their favorite Monday Night Raw matches. Yeah. And so you, and, and you air them. And there you go. Yeah, but I feel like personally, I I don't believe that they should continue to uh run shows. Uh, yeah, because from the performance center or whatever, like just wrap it up. Because a lot of the time, and, a lot of these matches yeah. are squash matches that they've been putting on. Yeah, and like we're it's not going anywhere. We're not entertained by that. It's gonna know? get and, to a point where you know it. It's gonna hurt the product more yeah. than anything. Which I think somebody. So, um, the New Day podcast I was listening to yesterday, and it's funny because they were talking about Shaq and they were talking about Shaq and Big Show never having the match that they were supposed to have, and they were talking about like they wanted it to happen, but the reason they wanted it to happen was because it was going to be bad because because <laughs> they said you don't expect Shaq and the Big Show to get in the ring and put on a clinic, yeah. right? And uh, Woods said something interesting. He said, I've been watching wrestling so long that a good match doesn't satisfy me. It has to be um, an amazing yeah. match. Yeah. Because. Or it has to be terrible and I'll be entertained. About how the longest running weekly episodic television show in history, Monday Night Raw, blah, 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 the whole thing. How many good matches a week are there? A lot. But a lot of them. Lost. But do we like, remember yeah. them? No, because they're just good matches. Yeah. And they're not in the Tokyo Dome, so they'll never get five star matches. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's like that's gonna be happening. There's gonna be a lot of good matches. 
that are squash matches even. Yeah. Will we care but, about them yeah. five years? And are you going to further the storyline that the line? should be furthered? No, because a lot of people are, are at home. Yeah. So You're, You got missing pieces. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, just give us the story of the Shockmaster on... Literally just have the give New content. Day podcast yeah. on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, stuff. Like, just give content that people are going to be entertained with. And if they don't watch, that's fine because you're not going to waste time filming things. Yeah. Fam- filming new you're, yeah. things. Yeah. And, like, risking, I don't know, risking time, risking money. Right. You just take stuff that's already out there and just re-release it. I don't know. Ray Mysterio documentary. Something. Oh, okay, Fabe only on Monday Night Raw. You do not want a uh, child who's going to... I'm I'm going to watch uh, Seth Rollins re- or Kevin Owens wrestle this week. And then you fucking yeah, open and true. he's like, huh, WWE 24, why is The Undertaker and Roman Reigns shaking hands? <laughs> in, a, in a hotel lobby. In a hotel lobby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but like, just know. show old Matt. Like, there's so many classics that like, even I haven't seen maybe that... If a wrestler said, hey, this is my pick for this week's Monday Night Raw uh, Superstar Pick match, like, that'd be entertaining. Yeah, I feel that. But, I mean, there, we've covered everything I think we need to cover. Um, so, I guess, moving on from here, I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know if we're going to do another podcast next week or if we're going to wait two, two weeks. weeks, three um, weeks. I think from I here know. on out, we're just going to see where everything goes and uh, and then just kind of move with everything moving in the world and see what's going on. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this is episode 99, I believe. So that's crazy. We, we're almost at 100. And that's why I kind of want to hold off on the 100th yeah. episode because it's like, I don't want to just do a hundredth episode and be like, "Well, nothing's happening." Well, um, Let's just that's it. Talk Florida about our, shut it yeah. down. <laughs> like it's time to shut the shop down. Um, I I don't want to talk about my Mount Rushmore again. Again, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think it'd be a good time to take a break until we come back for season two of the Foreign Object. Damn season finale! <laughs> season finale. <laughs> We're never gonna get to episode a hundred. Because we're going to start back at episode, episode one. Episode one, season yeah, two. Season two of The Foreign <laughs> Object. So uh, thank you guys that are listening. Hope everyone stays safe. Thank you to the WWE for continuing to entertain um, and doing such a great job this weekend with WrestleMania um, and all that good stuff. You can follow us at Twitter, at Noe Drudo, at Walk with Jill, and at Foreign Object WP. Um, and let us know what you guys thought of WrestleMania and... Um, let us know what you think they should do for the upcoming weeks. If they should continue to film squash matches or just air content. I don't know. Uh, Firefly Funhouse, all that good stuff. Let us know. And we'll, uh, you'll hear from us next time we upload.